0: I think it's going to rain and then it's going to stop. This is I Am a Griefist, a childhood cancer grief journey podcast. Welcome back. I'm glad you guys didn't abandon this show after last. It was pretty heavy. It was really heavy. Yeah. Yeah. How are you guys feeling after having talked about those last days?
1: I think me personally, it was difficult because you you're you almost reliving it as you're retelling it. Most definitely. And I would say I get pulled back into a very heavy, heavy space that's hard emotionally. But I think for me also, it's not someplace that I stay
0: I can personally say from my experience that any time that I go into those conversations and I relive it, it takes me a while to come out. But I, again, I'm aunt, I'm not mom. So I definitely wanna explore that a little bit with you. But mom, over to you.
2: For me, it feels healthy, I guess, to talk about it. Even though it makes me cry. Understanding a little bit more how mom felt, how you felt. Some of the things just makes me angry that I didn't do more. Like I just wanted to beat the shit out of somebody. I guess <laughs> that's okay. And um, as a family, we we all got involved. It wasn't just Jess by herself, and I didn't want her feeling like she was by herself.
0: If I can jump in really quickly there too, I I could share the sen- same sentiments that Mom's saying. I think sometimes, um, and I apologized on the last one for being intrusive if I was ever intrusive because it. While I definitely wanted to be present and support both you and the family, the kids. I know that there were times that I'm sure you were like, I just want to do this by myself though. Like you just wanted to be, have those moments with you and with the baby. And so it was difficult for me sometimes to navigate that because I was like, do I go or do I not go? Like, I want to be a part of this too, but I, I didn't want to be so close (laughs) that I was invading on any sort of you know, last moments you wanted to have with her.
1: Right. And I think just even for me as a mom, it was hard to navigate those boundaries as well because, of course, I mm. want to spend time with her. But I also acknowledge I'm not the only person that wants to spend time with her, and I recognize that time is limited at this point, you know? And for me, it wasn't... That must have been hard. It's, for me, it wasn't hard because it, I could be a part of the sharing. You know what I mean? It's not like sharing meant Shit. that mom, I wasn't... So you asked mom, she wouldn't share with her kids. No. <laughs> This is what I mean. I think it was easy because she enjoyed spending time with family, so it wasn't like it was a burden on her. It was welcomed by her, and so it worked. You know, Mm. if 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 it wasn't welcomed by her, then it would be like, okay, you guys need to stand back or whatever. But she, I'd be afraid of that moment. (laughs) Not gonna lie. But I I mean, I have to say, yeah, she loves spending time with me, but she enjoyed that everybody. So if
0: I can back up a little bit and revisit sort of those first couple days after she had passed. So I had mentioned previously that, you know, once I moved into mom's house, every morning Jess would bring the baby down the stairs and place her on the couch to watch her favorite TV shows. Disney. yeah. Yeah. And that next morning that you didn't bring her down, it was just you that came down, was a gut check. It was reality. It was, this will never happen again. And that was so difficult to be the new normal. So throughout the cancer journey, There was this mind frame of cancer is the new normal. We're going to be in the hospital. Holidays in in the hospital are this new normal. And that is 100% still accurate today that we do things in this new normal way. So having to adjust from seeing her every day to not seeing her those first couple days was the worst experience to have to try to, you know, get through. What do you remember about that?
2: I can tell you that. I think I isolated. Mm. I think I missed time. I think like I, I don't know what happened. I just think I stayed in my room and felt sorry for myself or felt sorry for the world. Each one of my grandkids, though, I feel the same way. They're so smart. Oh my gosh. They can change the world. There's going to be something that they do, something that they write, artwork, something that's going to change the world. I truly felt like the baby had that. I feel like the, was it wasn't just us. I feel like the whole world changed. Yeah. I told so just like, I remember feeling like, why is the sun coming up? Why are the birds singing? Why? Uh-huh. I don't understand it. Because for me, it felt like my world stopped. But I really feel more than anything, I lost time
0: yeah and I had mentioned very early on in the the introduction that I was a really angry person and I know that I wasn't the only one that felt that way and it's mom mom feels that way too she she lives in this anger with me and and why I'm so appreciative of Jess joining is not only to share her firsthand experience with you know the cancer journey and then now this grief journey but also because she brings a different perspective I feel like mom and I are almost one in the same with this anger like we get mad at almost everything like you know how unfair and unjust this is and I feel like Jess brings just this like I can't bring her down like Jess has just this positivity about her that I can't almost stand um because it's like I expect you to be so much worse than me and you're not and I do want to talk a little bit more about that um but I want to circle back Just really quickly to Jess to talk about those first couple days that, you know, the reality hit that she's not in the hospital. Like, you never left her side, though. So it wasn't ever like you were ever away from her. So now that you have this reality hit you that she's no longer with
1: you, what was that like? I would say it was probably a similar experience for me looking back at it. There's a lot that I don't remember. Yeah. Those first few days, I know for sure what I was feeling was just overwhelming sadness, just overwhelming like too much like I can't I can't I think I also was in a place where I was just like I'm not ready for this like I'm not ready for this at this point I have to start making plans of what my life is supposed to be without her in it you know I it almost felt like a violation to the relationship that I had with her to start doing that you know Mm -hmm. and I was like I I can't So what am I supposed to do then? I I definitely was overwhelmingly sad and lost Mm -hmm. because I think even though I did accept the reality of what was happening, at the same time, I felt like my story is supposed to be, you know, some miracle happens and she's perfectly fine. And I'm going to share that story for the rest of my life to bring hope and inspire other people that amazing things happen, Mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. And when that didn't happen, it was like... I don't have plans for this. Like, what am I supposed to do now? Who who am I supposed to go to to help me figure it out? I was very lost, very lost. I felt like I lost my identity, only partially, of course, because I have two kids, but I felt like I lost my identity as a mom, but I still had to be a mom, you know? It It was just a very confusing and overwhelming place to be but there's a lot of it that I don't remember.
0: Yeah, I don't remember either. So where I was in my career was between jobs. I had just taken like a a new job and lucky for me, I was ending the old job right when she had passed. So I took like two weeks off of work and I don't remember that at all. Like I just remember being here. I remember us taking a couple walks, but the most significant thing was you coming downstairs without her because that was an everyday thing. I want to talk about conflicted feelings a little bit because in that early stage, because everything was so fresh, I definitely share in being lost. Like, I know we have other kids. I know we have the other nieces and nephews and the other grandkids to worry about. But we were so invested in her that now that we don't have that anymore was quite an adjustment. And it was really trying to write our mental health to get us to a state that we can continue. We can move forward. Now, don't get me wrong. There were times, and Mom and I had talked about this, where if she goes, I don't want to be here. I don't want to be here without her. And I don't want to say that it was suicidal thoughts, but it was definitely a thought of, you know, what's my purpose if she's not here? Like, I don't know how I could continue without her being here. It was really difficult to sort of bring my mental health back because now I'm like living it. I, you know, now I don't have her. Now, now what do I do? I said that in the last episode. Like, what do I do now? But it was really like, I didn't feel right not being here for the other kids, for my family. But also I wanted to do things still to honor her. I think that's what brought me back was I was like, okay, if I'm going to do this still, I'm going to do this for her. So many of the things that I continue to do in my life today are inspired by her. Obviously this podcast being one of them, right? Like I, I want this to be the forum that helps other people through this because it's such a fucking shitty experience, mom do you want to talk about those feelings too of like just not wanting to be here
2: we actually had a conversation about suicide because i remember in my mind because of where i work there's certain cues that you have to look for to see if someone is really planning to follow through yeah Yeah. to follow through i felt like this little girl and i think i said it to you this way we don't even let her cross the street by herself we're not going to let her cross over yeah. And I'm the oldest because my mom had passed away, so now I'm the matriarch. So it only makes sense that it's gonna be Ooh, me. Does the rest of the family know that?
0: Like give her that title and agree with that? <laughs> <laughs> they might be less <laughs> I'm
2: the oldest now. So fight words. <laughs> <laughs> the biggest thing though is I didn't have like a plan of how I was gonna do it. Right. I just felt like it doesn't make sense to me that I'm gonna be here and she's not. So I actually had to have this conversation with you. But I also had this conversation with Jess and with... And
1: with, yeah, our brother.
2: Yes, because I wanted to make sure that nobody else was feeling the same way. And here and I it come. Wasn't, <laughs> and it was with, with you that I think you told me that your husband was saying you need to talk to someone about that because you were yeah. very serious about it, just like I was. I felt like I was really serious about not... Wanting to be here.
1: Yeah. So, But it
2: was a conversation that I had with Jess that made me like... Well,
1: but I don't think... I, I think the way that you're saying it is like you didn't want to be here. And it's not really that. It's not that you didn't want to be here. Is you wanted to protect her.
2: Yes.
1: And you were willing to go to any extent to protect her and make sure that she wasn't alone.
2: Well, I think there was quite a few people that felt like that. I think... We felt it was our job to protect her. And well, because if it was we like doing. if there was
1: another option to do that, you would have taken it. Right. Yes. But it almost felt like what options do you have at that point? Right. And I definitely sought professional help at that point.
0: Um, <laughs> and it's important to know that. Yeah. That, and that. most definitely. And at that particular time, I did seek professional help because my husband was concerned. Because like you said, it wasn't like I didn't want to be here. I just didn't want to be in a different place than she was. Like I'm here. Where is she? You know, and we can talk about the afterlife and the spiritual world, which excited actually to go into. And I didn't have a plan. I just I would walk around and say if I were in a car accident tomorrow. Okay, didn't make any plans to do anything. I was just so lost on what to do. If she wasn't here, like she was my everything. And again, I don't have kids, so these kids are my everything. Yes. I live for these kids, so I work hard so that I can provide for them, give them experiences today. Right. So it was definitely conflicting feelings of not wanting her to go somewhere where I'm not, but also not leaving the family behind. So it was definitely challenging to work through, but I worked through it. Mom and I talked about it, and I think the ideation of the suicide right. was what it was. And it wasn't, again, we didn't have a plan, but we had these feelings of just, we're so lost without her. And, yes. I, and I still think I'm lost without her. I think that there are still things in my life that I, I don't know what to do with, and I'll speak to her um, or still include her in decisions because... Having to change from seeing her all the time 24-7 to not seeing her at all was horrible. Absolutely horrible. Yes. And I want to go back to Jess and just see if you even had similar feelings about, you know, not wanting to be in this space without her.
1: if that even crossed your mind? I mean, I definitely have a similar feeling, but not to the extent that you guys... <laughs>
0: <laughs> <Really>? <laughs> That's okay. We're not judging. I'm silently <laughs> judging. We're not judging.
2: <laughs> to be honest, though, I mean, I think it made a big difference to talk to Jess about it because what you know, she said affected me more I, than even because I was going to counseling. We were doing the pre-grief, getting ready for her to pass because everybody told us that she was going to pass, in, you know, within six months. Yeah. So. Trying to get counseling from somebody that understood exactly what we were talking about, that was hard. Yeah. But I got some benefit out of it, not as much as I wish I sure. could have got, but it did help a little bit. What helped me was what she said. And here's the thing. I didn't
0: want to talk to Jess because I know she's in a different mental space with it. And I want to let you take the mic for a second. But I was afraid to talk to her, fearing that my position would affect her position. I felt like I was super way lower like, I can't even describe it, of a position than she was. She's at this, like, high level, thinks differently. So go ahead and tell us what that was about. Do you
2: remember what you told me? A lot I of said, it's a blur, but remind me what <laughs> I said. Do you remember a, what, I don't, can't remember the exact words, but you said, what would I do without my daughter and my mom or my sister? How can I handle losing all of you guys?
1: I do remember that. It's all coming back. <laughs>
2: <laughs> because that puts it in perspective because it's not just Jess. It's that's right. my husband. It's my, the rest of my family, my other grandkids is Because this wasn't just affecting us. It, I mean, when the grandkids came over after the baby passed, that's all we talked about was her. They just wanted to be close to her and close to their aunties and us because we were all so close
0: yeah that was tough having the kids back around without her because I remember usually you know out and about the kids were at an age where they'd be running around on their own and I would always go one two three four five and I'd that's, count them that's it. one yes. two three four five all right everyone's accounted for one two three four five and then shortly thereafter when we got together it was one as, two three four
2: as rough as it was though again it was hard for me just to the fucking sun's coming up. But to hear them interacting, and it was phenomenally honoring her, period. Yeah. But at the same time, it's hearing them laughing, and then it was almost it like was they were It was reminding you. Yeah. yeah and I, that's could, right. I would hear her laugh. Uh-huh. I could hear the babies uh-huh. laugh when they were laughing, and I thought, oh, my gosh. One of the grandkids also said I had a dream. Mm. And I thought, oh, my gosh. And her dream was so wonderful to hear. She also had a dream of my mom, Mm -hmm. and it helped to hear because my mom passed away eight months before the baby did, and it helped to hear that she was there. It helped to hear. How could she know that I needed to hear that, though? At the age that these children were, how could they know? So it was very hard.
0: All that shit made me angry. Having to to do it without her hearing that now she's in a dream, hearing that I can no longer hear her laugh, that shit makes me so fucking angry. It's hard. My My feelings, I'm so conflicted. I love, we just watched Make-A-Wish video. Make-A-Wish, trip. And, yeah, and it's so fun to watch her have so much fun. But it's also, it also made me so angry that, well, I can't be angry that she got to Make-A-Wish because it was the best trip of her life but it is does make me angry that she got to make a wish because we knew that you know she was sick. Yes. It makes me angry that all I have now are videos. It makes that me can't angry that we can continue to make those exactly. experiences happen. So I live in this anger, but my sister doesn't.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a little different. Uh-huh. I, but uh, there's not like something that happened that like oh it makes it so that i'm not angry i feel like it goes back to a lot of like whys you know like why am i supposed to be here Mm. you know why am i here is this the way that it's supposed to be what do i really believe about where she is right now Mm. do i really believe that she's okay or not elaborate i think that's definitely some of the things that i was going through through those first days of her being gone was trying to figure out Why am I sad, you know? Because of course we were raised Catholic and Catholic is you go to heaven and everything's fine, like beautiful flowers, rainbows, whatever, right? So for me, it was like, if she's fine, if she's in this most amazing place, then I can't be sad for her. Cause she's clearly like in the best place that she could be even better than here. You know, she doesn't have cancer there. How can I be sad when she's in a beautiful place? But then again, I wasn't really that close to Catholicism. So for me, (laughs) it was like, for me, it was coming to terms with what do I really believe? Mm -hmm. What is it that I truly feel is right for me? You know? And what is that? I definitely believe that she's in the best place that she could be. I don't know. Some people call it heaven. Some people call it whatever it is that they call it. It took me a while to get to that place. It was something that I had to work through. And it was also maybe a gut feeling. Because I didn't get that feeling of, there's something wrong, you know? I didn't get that, like, I don't know, when something's bad's happening to your kids, or they're not feeling well, you get that sort of gut feeling like something's intuition. not okay. Mm-hmm, yeah. Mm-hmm. And I didn't get that feeling from her that she wasn't okay. And I can say that even though physically she wasn't here, I still felt, it's hard to explain in words, but a connection to her, I think it was, I, I, the only way that I can say it is love. You know, I still felt that there was still something tying us together. And I, I didn't feel like she needed me. Mm. But again, it was stuff to work through. It's I definitely, after she passed away, did a lot of soul searching. I read a lot of books. I mm. went to a lot of web pages. I just of course, started getting more interested in, you know, what happens after you die? You know, what is it exactly that happens? I can also add on to that
0: and say that we also started meditating.
1: (laughs) And I don't think
0: I had meditated any time before that. And it was really funny because we would sit in your room, which you also shared with her because it's a like a junior suite so it has a bathroom and a closet and so it was pretty big and I would remember just getting in your room and you starting a meditation and it was odd for me because I had never done it before but I was willing to do whatever to stay connected with her and I remember one of those first times that we did it and your son fell asleep (laughs) I think he was like sad afterwards. Like, what? What do you mean? I fell asleep? <laughs> like, no, that wasn't the whole point of this. But you do get into this relaxed state, you know, and and we'll we'll talk a little bit more about how we connect with her. But yeah, you definitely opened my eyes to other things. And I think in this point of my life, though, I wasn't really connected to Catholicism either. Like she said, we grew up very Catholic. Mom's side of the family is very Catholic. But in high school, I sort of strayed away from religion. I was questioning, like, the rules that are in Catholicism. Like, oh, this makes me a bad person. If I do X, well, I could be a lot worse. I could be murdering people, you know? Like, it just it didn't make sense to me. So at this point in time, I was open to whatever. But I've I've embraced it, so thank you. I feel <laughs> like that's sort of where... I've I've led myself in this in the spiritual world was exploring that a little bit further. Mom, would you say you're still real Catholic?
2: I know that this this is going to sound weird. I still I still consider myself Catholic. I mean, for the longest time I was just very angry at God because I felt like if anybody could save her it would be him. But later on your husband said something that affected me. Oh shit. <laughs> he said... Sorry. Can I say no, sorry no, no, before? No, No. Because- <laughs> Because he's right. Oh growing shit! Up, Don't tell him that either. Growing up Catholic, <laughs> uh. I believed in a magical God. Mm. I believe in the magician mm. that he could do anything. He could move mountains, like physically move mountains. He could do. He could cure the baby, and that's not what it's about. That's what I'm learning now more, I guess, because we were doing the meditations and other things, what I'm learning more is the the picture that you have that they've always tried to push on us that when you're in trouble, God's carrying you. And I thought that was such a bullshit story. Mm-hmm. <laughs> if God is carrying me through this, I mean, just do your magic, just save her. Then you don't have to carry me. I'm okay. Mm. You're not doing anything by carrying me. That makes no sense to me. But when you're in this deep a pain, it's the loneliness that you feel, at least that I felt, because even though we were together as a family, I still felt like my pain was so unbearable. I didn't want anybody else carrying that. Mm. And I certainly didn't want your sister to carry it. I didn't want want to to carry
0: carry it. (laughs) And I think that's influenced your position today. Like, just not, you know, not allowing the things that could suck you down, suck you down. Like, I allow it. (laughs) I'm not going to lie. I sometimes sit in the negativity because I'm so angry. But when I talk about my anger, I don't feel like Jess resonates at all with, with the anger. And
1: correct me if I'm wrong. No. I guess you have to tell me more about where the anger comes from. I know that you said that it was like, because she's not here, you know? But I think it's deeper than that. Shit, are you my new therapist? What the fuck <laughs> no, just happened? No. <laughs> she, she has a straight but head I mean, on her like, shoulders and I'm over here just <laughs> fucked up. I, can, I think it's because I can only compare it to what it is that I know, you know? And because I know that she's okay, do you know that she's okay?
0: Maybe not. Maybe not. I don't know what to believe. And my husband and I have these conversations all the time, and Mom sort of talked about what she believes. So I'll go, I'll take this as my opportunity to share. <laughs> I don't know what to believe. With religion, with the Catholic religion, like I said, there were. I felt like there were rules that didn't make sense to me, that because, you know, whatever, I would be a bad person, and I wouldn't get... be. It's a sin, and I need to go to heaven, or else... Or I go talk to a priest, and he forgives my sins. Why the fuck is he so powerful? He or she's so powerful. Like, no, I don't...
1: No. Right. So stuff just doesn't.
0: Yeah. Guide. So that's when I was, I stopped really like investing energy into that. And to piggyback off of what mom said, like this magical God, I was definitely there too. Like if he was all, he or she, whatever you believe, was all powerful, why is this kid sick? Why is this kid suffering? Why is suffering? any kid sick? Exactly. Yeah. Right. But I I took it personally, too. Like, why us? Why was this? Why did this happen to
1: us? What did we do to deserve this? Well, because that's what Catholicism almost says, right? Which is like when you break the rules, you don't follow the Ten Commandments. You're not in God's grace and stuff happens. But as long as you're following the rules, all good comes to you. But that's maybe just a simplistic form of the way that I understood it as a kid. Sure.
2: But yeah. I think it is a simplistic way and it is I think the way it's being taught or was taught to us. What I can say is that I've grown from that. So that's why I still believe mm. because I've been able to grow and figure out that that's not that's how they as children thought that they could reach us and teach us. Yeah. But really this God that we have at least my God now as a Catholic still, is a God that's not going to leave me, mm. that he's with me. And mm. my, my sister's... <laughs> burning over here like, no. <laughs> my sister's husband said something, and I thought, okay, that, that kind of makes sense. At the time that he said it, I told him, and I told my sister, shut him up before I punch him in the back <gasps> of the head. And yes, but my, what he said resonated. And basically he said, if you're angry at God... It means you still believe, and he'll be there when you're ready. Mm. And that helped me, even though at the time I was so angry. There was something else that somebody else told me too that I thought, oh my gosh, shut up, <laughs> um, because people say stupid shit. And I know you said we're going to dedicate here. an entire episode to that, so but, stay tuned for that. And she'll know as soon as I say it that I'm going to say it. Um, but it's one of those things that you go, okay. Even though I am as angry as I can be because God didn't fix this for me, God did not give me my miracle that I've been praying. I mean, I was praying 24-7. It isn't the miracle of saving her. It's the fact that basically he's there with you through this all. He's still there. How? But that's what it is. It's your faith. He's there just like I'm there for you guys, just like you guys are there for us. Can you He's be my still god? There. <laughs> I could be your mom, <laughs> <laughs> and she will be.
0: Uh huh. Yeah. So to kind of go back to it, I believe. I don't know. I don't know. Do I think there's an afterlife? Sure. I think. <laughs> so let me let me share an experience I had that's kind of funny. That sort of shifted me in one direction over like being spiritual versus religious Uh so i was doing a meditation (laughs) one night and it was like a connecting with your loved one Uh and in it the facilitator was like you know talk to your loved one ask them for whatever you want to ask of them and speak to them and make sure they know what you're asking for. So I'm laying in my room and I'm it's pitch black, nobody was home, it was just me and the dogs and they were sleeping on the bed and I'm in this room and I'm meditating, breathing, there's it's dead silent. And in in the meditation I start to ask the baby for just move something. Just just like make a noise or something so that I know it's you. And so like I'm really concentrating in my meditation. The next thing I know, there's something in the other room that fucking falls. And I could feel my heartbeat outside of my <laughs> chest. I was like, okay, got it. <laughs> Sold. Thank <laughs> you for coming. I'm done. I don't need this other stuff anymore. Like it was just... I mean, and it could have been a coincidence, but was it?
2: Timing. We've talked about that.
0: Divine timing. Mm-hmm.
2: Um, and we talked about coincidences. So it just yeah. And uh, we'll
0: talk some more about those too. But, but that's scary the, timing, too. Oh, fuck. That scared the <laughs> shit out of me. But it was, it almost reinforced it. Like, I really wanted to believe in something. I really wanted to be convinced of something. And it religion just isn't it but anyway so that's sort of what tipped me over to sort of the more spiritual world than religion because it was something that just doesn't make any sense did
1: does that resonate with you you're looking at me funny yeah i mean i definitely got to a place myself where i just felt like it didn't matter what religion it was you know catholicism christianity whatever you know religion that you identified with I got to a place where I felt like all these religions are just a humanistic interpretation trying to understand and explain what more is out there than what we can just physically experience and sure. see for ourselves. Yeah. So for me, it was like, it's it's not like nobody has it 100% correct. You know, there's going to be things that you just don't agree with with every single one because sure. it's just our human, you know, Trial to try to figure out what the bigger meaning is of everything. Yeah. So for me, it was just like, okay, now that I sort of have an understanding of what religion is, I can accept it for what it is and understand that I can also have my own interpretation of what the meaning of everything is. And I don't have to line up with a specific exactly religion to exactly. say this is the right one and this is how it has to be. Everybody, I feel like, has a little bit of, you know, good. I think religion tries to bring good out of people and there's pros and cons to everything but it's just coming to an understanding where i don't have to identify with one in particular and be right or wrong yeah yeah i would agree with that mom
2: i'm okay with whatever it is you guys (laughs) want to get into i just feel like it's bringing me comfort that i don't believe in a magical god anymore or i don't believe my Mm. catholic god is magical it's the love that's still there no matter what we do, just like how I feel about the baby, how I feel about my grandkids, how I feel about my children. It doesn't matter. It's Thank you for being open-minded about that, by the (laughs) way. I know there are a lot of people out there,
0: they grew up very one directional with religion. And I couldn't even imagine if that was an added layer of shit that I had to go through with pressure from you or from dad, you know, to make us go one way or the other. So I appreciate mm-hmm. you be open with whatever yeah, we think about. so
2: for me, about. it's a, whatever brings you comfort. And for me, it's, it's what I know. It's what I grew up with. It's so you what-
0: know. That's another part of my conversation that, that I was challenging was you know that there's this higher being. Mm-hmm. And how do you know? I can
2: feel it now. Hmm. And because I used to wait for the magic. Even before the baby got sick, I used to wait for magic stuff to happen. And now it's not the magic I'm waiting for. Now what I see is my daughter's being educated. I see my daughter's strengths. I see the future. I see how things are going to go because... You know, my children are changing things. Even this podcast, I feel like it's going to help somebody to hear that they're not alone in their grief. Yeah. They're not alone in the their struggles. There's this, this conversation about religion. It this could, questioning yeah. God, this questioning why I'm this sure. is happening mm-hmm. to you and why is God allowing this to happen exactly. to you? It's not about God allowing this to happen to you because God didn't create this. It, he didn't? No. He or she didn't? No.
0: I think, pretty sure he did.
2: no. <laughs> Oh, no. <laughs> no. if you believe that then you're gonna hate him just like i did because that's what i thought i hated i don't god hate a god i just don't of.
0: agree with the belief but it's all good
2: i don't want my daughter to go through this by herself i felt like there was always something that was helping me to find that strength to do that because no matter what then
0: you're giving credit to someone else you're not giving credit to yourself
2: it's it's not that i'm giving credit to someone else I don't know sometimes how I found the strength and it has to be something that I found for myself being a mom, but I also feel like there was something in me and I feel that that was what God was. Hmm. It's because you know that there's so many people that they let things slide, they don't say anything. That's not us. Where did we get that from? And I still feel like that strength.
1: I I let things slide sometimes. I always do too. I'm (laughs) very passive aggressive, mostly (laughs) passive. It sounds like what you're saying is that you felt like you had strength, but you felt like you were getting strength from something bigger than yourself.
2: Yes. Yes. And I always felt like going back to how you guys grew up, how I grew up, it's like, how did we make it through all that? Like even now, how did we make it through? How is it that we're right here? Because there's a lot of folks that would have gave up on life. Sure. Broken. Yeah. And I'm not even trying to say that we're not broke. I think we're, we were broken even before this happened because of all the stuff that happened to yeah. us. And yet still, you've got your degree. She's working on hers. You still have hope for life. you still. Yeah. And what is that? It's that love that we feel. We feel that for the baby. We feel that from the baby. We feel that from everything. I, I feel that from, from Tank.
0: Tank's We're, a dog, by the way. <laughs> and he's
2: barking, and
0: apologies if you hear the big ass, great Dane bark in the back <laughs> anytime. That's Tank, and she's huge and has a massive bark. But
2: anyway. But it, it's that love, I think, that I felt in my lowest of lows. I felt that. And where did it come from? Because there was nobody else around me. So, how else do you explain that pure love that came?
0: I, and this is where I would challenge you and say that I don't think it came from anywhere else but you.
2: I agree that it was me, but I didn't feel alone, I guess. There were moments that I felt like, what the fuck? You know, what's what's happening here? And I still felt like there was something in me that I said, I, I don't care. I don't care if I get shot at. I don't <laughs> care if I get run over. <laughs> I'm not going to let this shit keep happening. Mm. And I don't know that there's, that everybody can say that. But I think at that time, that's what it was, is this inner strength that I thought, was it all the bullshit that I went through that taught me that at this point that this is what I'm going to do? Or was it this faith that I had, this pure love that I felt that said, you got this. Mm. This is what you're supposed to be doing. You're exactly where you're supposed to be doing exactly what you're supposed to be doing. Mm. And right now, your daughter needs that Mm-hmm. needs to know that you're okay mm-hmm. yep so that she has nothing else to worry about but her daughter
1: i do remember that and you i did.
2: yeah yeah because that was you like you fucked her up <laughs> <laughs> well it's okay
1: to be honest i feel like you know as women in general we're empathetic right because we're so close you yeah. know we can we feed off of each other's energy sure. Sure. and for me it was like guys I got a lot on my plate. Please. <laughs> I'll be out a little bit. <laughs> Take care of yourselves. <laughs> yeah. Do what you got to do. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah. And, and it's so, it's so crazy, Jess, that you are the one to bring us back to the reality. Like, again, I feel like you should be so far worse Than you are. Like, I feel like this could... Because I know how shitty I feel. And I know how easy it is to fall into and get sucked into the dark places. Yes. I am amazed constantly that you don't. And you bring us back to, like, some level of...
2: We've always said that, that uh-huh. We've always said that She's we been go our with-
0: even keel. Yes. She's been the one to bring us back to reality mm-hmm. to go, fuck you guys. She won't ever say the F word. It's only me. Yeah. But like, get your shit together. Like, no, this is not what we're doing right now. And it's, I feel you balance us so well because mom and I are so
1: one sided. <laughs> we're so fucking angry all the yes. time. And you're like, guys, <laughs> no.
0: Well, I can't say say that I
1: don't get to dark places because I do. You know what I mean? It's not like it's roses and rainbows all the time. Do you ever see it, Mom? I see it do you she lives yeah. here oh yeah <laughs> but it's just some place that i can't stay for long because yeah. it just brings down everything and i felt like the rest of the day it messes up
0: the week you know, just. i felt like those dark places happened earlier on when it was fresh i feel like the position i'm in today it's not as much it still happens i guarantee you it will still happen to the day i die but i feel like when those things happen I know that I can be there, but I know that I can, I'm only there temporarily. Like mm-hmm. I know it will go away and I'm not saying that the feelings won't go away, but that it'll lessen enough where I can do something else where I can right. like, you know what, move forward. Okay. When would you say that like you recognize sort of the process? Cause you talked about that earlier, like you worked on
1: it. What was that like for you to work on it? The process mm-hmm. of not being in despair. Yeah. I would say I was probably working on that process before she even, passed away i would say that i had to work on that process because even though i understood the reality of what was happening to her and her diagnosis and everything that comes with that i had to figure out how to be okay so that she could still enjoy the life that she had left Mm -hmm. and so it wasn't like okay i could be sad right now because it was like be sad do what you got to do, but then pick up the pieces and move. Because she wants to go to Disney World. Mm. She wants to go hang out with Auntie. She wants to go hang out with Uncle. And if you're in pieces on the floor, how is she going to be
2: able to enjoy life if you're not being Ugh. what you need to be? Those are things she said to me.
0: Yeah. Because you would lose it.
2: I, I was crying all the time. Yeah. My mom used to say, I was staring at her like I was counting her eyelashes. I just wanted to remember her face because yeah. I just... Felt like, I'm going to lose that. I'm not going to see that anymore. And she's the one that would tell me, you need to step out of it. Yeah. You need to stop crying. If you're going to cry, you can't be with her.
1: Mm-hmm. And,
2: well, so and it's Well missing not, time.
1: I want to make sure that it... it I, I hope I didn't communicate it wrong.
2: Well, but I wanted I to make sure saying. that
1: you understood that it was, okay, <laughs> it was okay to cry. You know, it was okay to <laughs> do that stuff with her. But as long as it was, there was an end point, you know? <laughs> It wasn't like, we're going to cry and we're going to stay in this <laughs> space. Why are you laughing I feel like you have to
2: apologize. <laughs> Here's the thing, Mina. You said exactly what I needed to hear. Yeah. Because I was getting lost in the misery when she was still here. I heard somebody else say that. I can't remember which actress it was. I was crying for the funeral before the funeral. Mm-hmm. And I had mm-hmm. to stop. I couldn't enjoy the moments that we had i she wanted to play video games and I was too busy crying to play. Then when you you helped me, it it wasn't like you slapped me in the face, but that's exactly what I needed. Is the to words, hear the slapper in the face,
1: <laughs> and she you would can't cry. And I'm like, she would she would
0: call God. me after those conversations. Yes. And go,
2: your sister told me. But it, but again, it, those are things that needed to be said because I felt like that helped me to see that I'm I'm losing this time. It's not like. I have her right here, and I I can't even be in the same room without crying. That makes no sense. She's not crying. She just wants to have fun. And to be honest with you, once I felt that change in myself, it was like, you want to go to your doctor's appointment, or do you have something to do? Because all I wanted to do was like, okay, Mia, what do you want? you want marshmallows? you want me to take you to Starbucks? you want me to do whatever it is that you want? We'll go to it right now before your mom gets right. on. And, and honest, that was much more and, yeah, fun.
1: To be honest with you, I was taking the lead from her, you know? If she was okay and she wanted to play, I didn't want to bring her down, you right. know? Mm-hmm. If she was, she understood. It. it wasn't like, you know, she didn't know what was happening. Right. But... If she knew what was happening and she wanted to go play with her brother, let's go do that. She wanted to go somewhere, let's go do that. You know, if she was sad and she would, wanted to talk about stuff, let's do that. I think I just let her take the lead because I was like, I don't know what I'm doing. Listen, she maybe she
2: knows. Yeah, there's no it. class that will teach you no. how to get ready for your child no. dying. There's nothing that prepares well, you for that at all.
0: No, but I do want to pinpoint this a little bit and talk about the pain of pre-death. And the the pre-grief, exactly, because this this podcast is mostly going to be about the grief and how we get through grief. But grief started before she died. Yes. So and I wanted to recognize that, that. I know. So grief started way before. And I think I had mentioned this before, that my grief really started knowing that the disease took things from her. Like, I remember at some point, she wasn't allowed to go to school because of the germs or something. She was in, you know, just fresh out of surgery, but she still needed to do school. So they brought school home, right? We had a teacher come here. And it was... Things like that, that really brought to reality the childhood that was taken from her because of her sickness.
1: Uh Well, it's kind of like what everybody's experiencing right now with COVID-19. Nobody's able to go to school because everyone's trying to isolate. And that's kind of a similar situation that she was experiencing or that we as a family were experiencing. Yeah. Trying to make sure that we didn't spread anything to her. Right. That's a great analogy. Analogy. (laughs) (laughs) i appreciate that
0: so yeah so it was a lot of the pre-grief like i remember spending nights um just crying because this was after the palliative care had told us she had six months to live and i was i think it was just so much anger that this is this is what we had left like i need more time right or i i want her to experience more things in her life and she can't so all that pre-grief is real like it starts really early but then the grief shortly after was still very similar it's before it's losing the childhood we couldn't do that some of the things with her but then after that too so one of the big ones that really hits me was like her class graduating they're all going off to high school now and like we will never see a day with her in high school yes grieving that thank you for bringing me back to that but grieving like her future, that's very real and continues to be real because time does go on, life goes on, and it's almost like life doesn't skip a beat. Like, regardless of where I'm at mentally, life still moves forward. So we have
2: two grandkids are going to be graduating this year. We'll never see that. With her right. graduating high school, we'll never see that. They're gonna start driving their cars, we'll never see that with her. Right. They've got boyfriends and girlfriends, we'll Ew. never see that with, okay her. with her. I'm okay with her not having a boyfriend, yes.
0: <laughs> Good Lord.
2: But we'll never see that yes. with her. The changes that we see with all of the grandkids where you can see almost all of a sudden it's like they're not babies anymore you'll yeah. we'll never see that with and
0: them. I grieve too the fact that like her brother doesn't get to do things with his sister you know like there's so many different layers of this grief because I'm not only grieving the loss of this child I'm grieving loss of experiences and I can only imagine what that's like because he was so close with his sister she was so close to her brother I can imagine what he's going through and what he has to deal with So every person that loves her, all of the family, all have this similar loss of not just the baby, but we're all losing these experiences with her. And
1: it's an an intermingled grief because I'm grieving for the loss of her, but I'm also grieving for you because you lost a niece. I'm grieving for you because you lost your granddaughter. I'm grieving for her brother because he lost his sister. It just feels like... You know, we're ricocheting off of each other with mm-hmm. a whole bunch of grief, yeah. and and how are we supposed to make it through when we're all kind of like, Bing, 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 uh-huh. <laughs> mm-hmm. and I grieve
2: for my other grandkids because how many kids have to deal with that? How many kids have had to deal with the loss of a cousin? Well, I Unfortunately, many, right?
1: Unfortunately, many. Unfortunately,
2: but that's not the common theme. It's not, you never, it's not. I never heard it growing up that somebody lost somebody. I never saw it. And even when I saw it, even if I heard it, it was like the other grade level or something. And I, we just go, oh, my God, that would be awful. But to, yeah. to experience it, to have to... That shouldn't be a part of that. There are also some
0: of her friends that she went to school with that grieve her as well. I can't imagine what it's like... You have, you know, you hear in the movies and all this whatnot that there's these kids that, you know, their parents have a new job and they move away. That's completely different from a friend that you will never get to see or talk to, email or send a letter to. Like, there's so many people affected by and have to deal with this grief and it's just astonishing that, like Jess said, it is intermingled and we sort of feed off each other and I'll speak a little bit about that too because every time like I'm feeling down I feel like I have to call mom. I wouldn't called Jess though (laughs) and it's not why not because I feel like (laughs) mom and I are definitely in this different space and I don't want to bring you down
2: (laughs) would you agree yes because it (laughs) it is a we already at this point I think we feel like oh my gosh you're you're in a good place and we don't want I mean you bring us up we don't want to bring you down 100 I mean
1: I get that but I don't think you would At the same time, I also understand, too, that with school and with work and all that stuff, Time-wise, I mean, my time is pretty stretched out already, but I would be okay with it. And I
0: think you've been through enough to also have to try to help me out. No. And we talk about this all the time. Like, there are certain things that I won't bring you into because I feel like you've been through enough in life. Remind me, there's a couple examples that happened where we're just like, you know, Don't she doesn't Jess. need this anymore. <laughs> she yeah. doesn't need this on top of everything else. You know, just maybe your socioeconomic status. Right? Right. Just like let's help her out. Let's do what we need to do to figure out because she doesn't need this on top of this on top of this. When I speak about grief, there are certain people I can speak to about it and some I can't. And I don't and I'm not saying that I can't speak with you about it, but I prefer not to only because I know that mom can feed off and bring me back up because like when I'm down, she's a little bit up. And can bring me back and same vice versa. She can be down and I'm a little bit up. Okay, it's, we can be right here. But I feel like for you, you're up here. We're just trying to get up to that level.
2: <laughs> so and that goes for just about everything. I mean, the fact that I went to counseling even before she passed away when we Yeah, that was because she told me. That's because she said, you yes. know what, it would help you if you went to counseling. It's so crazy. And, and it does help. Maybe not a hundred percent, but just the little bit that you can get out of it just Somebody listening to you and it's, you're not bringing that other person down. Yes. The problem is, it's actually finding somebody that's good. And, and yeah, my first counselor was, mine was horrible too. I
0: was mine went through my medical provider and they were like, she was like a hippie. (laughs) <laughs> and she was challenging me, and I, I wanted to argue with her. And I'm sure that was some great therapeutic something definition, but I was not about it. I was like, no, I'm just supposed to be right here, <laughs> and you're just supposed to listen, God damn it! <laughs> you should cycle through a couple of therapists yes. if you don't find one that you really connect with. And the one that I went to was not good. I think mom's my best therapist at the moment.
2: And, the, and I think that the one true thing that I feel like helped was actually talking to people that were battling cancer because it helped me to hear some of the things that they went through were normal stuff and not just like just specific for us you know what I mean yeah. so there were certain things that kind of helped me to hear and also gave me hope I think cancer is one of those things that it just there isn't anybody that hasn't been hit with it yeah and somebody has had some kind of family member that has hit, get hit but when you see a young child Teenage, even a teenage child, it's just it's different, it's it's different. different, it's not, yeah. I do understand that you do understand you know, the cancer part of it. Yeah.
0: Cancer journey. I can talk to you it's all awful. day about, it's and awful. and it doesn't all matter at what level, yes. at what age you are that you have to deal with the cancer. And you, we can talk cancer journey all the time. Yes. And I'm open to that. Like, because I'm like, have you done this? I have you self advocated. Right. And I support whatever position that mm-hmm. they're in. Like, you know, we're in this hospital and we're getting, looking at this, you know, I will listen all day long and I'll, you know, support and support, and support. I understand. Please come talk to me if you just need somebody to listen to, because You know, you can't talk about a cancer journey with somebody who's really hasn't been through that cancer journey. You can connect with somebody on the cancer journey. What I can't connect with all the time is someone on the age of somebody with the cancer journey. And freaking Tank. Anyway, (laughs) Tank, I think, is ruining this episode. (laughs) I think this is a good break point. Thank you for joining us on our childhood cancer grief journey and sharing your grief with the griefist community. We will continue our grief journey on the next one.
2: Love you.